Welcome to the 320 Podcast, where we encourage you to reach for the immeasurably more life with Christ. From discussions on scripture, to poetic messages, to dreaming big with Jesus, you will enjoy a variety of episodes brought to you by Shelley Wilson Ministries. To find out more about Shelley Wilson Ministries and the many resources available to you, please visit our website at www.shelleywilsonministries.org. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. So there we see John's purpose. He who has the, the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him, hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. Listen to this. He must increase, but I must decrease. Fascinating to me. Something in John knew his purpose was coming to an end here because Christ was coming on the scene. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. Verse 35 The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Now tell me in chapter 3, what was that whole passage about? The coming of the bridegroom. John is preparing the way for the coming of the bridegroom. Very important to know before we go into the Samaritan woman. Because in our studies, because remember, original transcripts or manuscripts didn't have chapters, didn't have all of these man-made headings at the top to give us a little bit of what somebody thinks it ought to be. I'm just going to say that. If we remove that, maybe we could hear from Jesus. (laughs) Um, So... So there's the scene, right? John knows his time is coming to an end. He's fulfilling his purpose. And and that's even important. God help us know what our purpose is, right? I want to be like John and know when when it's time for me to move out of the way. So I get to chapter 4. My little heading says a Samaritan woman meets her Messiah. That's probably better than most I've read. And I want to start, I want to just go through it. And I'm going to start and stop with things that I feel like the Lord has pointed out that we've missed. Because all I've ever heard about the Samaritan woman is that she's a sinful woman or a divorced woman. And I've seen this thing go around on Facebook, y'all probably have lately, that if God can use a woman who was divorced five times, he can use you. Well, let me tell you, it doesn't even have that word in, that, in this passage. So chapter 4. Therefore, so this is continued on, right? There's no real break in the original reading. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made the baptized, sorry, made and baptized more disciples than John, 
though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Hear this, verse 4. This is very important for you individually, for me, as much as this Samaritan woman. But he needed to go through Samaria. That word needed translates to it's necessary. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, which actually means drunken, which I find fascinating, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well. Remember, he's fully God, but he's also what? Fully man. He knows what it's like to be tired. He And listen, because when we all come to the Lord, because... And I don't want to look up because I, you're go- I don't want you to think I'm talking to anybody in this room. Jesus knows when you and I are weary. And I need you to shift from a mindset, because I've talked to some of you, that you've, you're failing him. Jesus knows when you're tired and weary. Okay? He was tired and weary when he was on earth. Thus he sat by a well. So, you're not superhuman. Okay? Can we just say we're human? It what we're also hard on ourselves. But in this passage we're going to find a Jesus who understands a whole lot. It was about the sixth hour. So uh, here comes the, the woman. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Please don't miss that. He could have let those disciples stay. He could have produced food. We've seen him do it. But what was about to take place, and I need you to understand this is for you, for you, for you, for you, for you, and for Sheshi. She was so important, he cleared the room. the room this is why I started crying because I know the groups I've been in I have watched him do it I've seen it in here week after week and I need to put something to rest in your hearts I don't want to hear any of you say because every one of you have done it (laughs) do not say again to me that you don't want to take up all the time or that you don't want all the focus being on you. And listen, I don't know of anybody in here, maybe Jamie Lynn, because we've all said it. Mm-hmm. If Kathy were here, I'd have to point to her too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need you to see this is the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because, see, he clears a room for us. It's no hardship for him. It's no hardship for him. It's what he wants to do. It's the heart of Jesus. When was the last time we heard that said during this passage? And I get righteously angry over this passage because we missed the entire point. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, 
being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, we all are pretty versed in the fact that they, you know, they didn't like Samaritans and they weren't allowed to speak to women. He broke two rules right in that minute. Completely annihilated two rules. Talking to a woman and to a Samaritan. And let me tell you, it's probably another reason he cleared the room. He knew he'd have trouble with them. They would not have understood what was going on. And they may have interfered. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know what I was thinking of today when I was reading back through this? It was important for him to know that she had his undivided attention. It's right here in black and white. (laughs) But you know, we can know the word like the Pharisees and Sadducees. Every word. Me, I can quote it. But if I don't have the heart of Jesus, Mm -hmm. I miss it. Mm -hmm. I will miss it. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God... And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now watch this. I love it. I I can so relate to this woman. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater? I'm sure she was being a little... Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? I'm going to stop again there. Why? They ain't on the same page. She's in the natural. He's in the spirit. She's thinking natural things. This well is deep. You don't have a rope. You don't have a bucket to draw that water with. And he's thinking... Oh, no, I'm not talking about all that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about mm-hmm. eternal life. I'm about to give you eternal life. Yet I find no frustration, and this is my point to us in this room, because I have the privilege of getting some of your questions, messages from time, time to time. I need you to understand he did not get frustrated with her questions. He did not get frustrated he did not act like she was less than anything. He did not act like she was stupid. I need you to hear me when I say this. You are not stupid. You don't have to know everything. Jesus is not frustrated with where you are. He's not frustrated when you mess up and need to come back. He's not frustrated. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into eternal, everlasting life. Then the woman says to him, I can just see your face, sir. Give me this water, and I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Now, y'all, he's not telling her she's not going to have to draw water to drink. She's human. She's going to need some water to drink like she has to eat food, okay? He's not talking natural. He's talking spiritual. Jesus said to her, this is where I want 
I want to deal with some theology here. Jesus said to her, and let me say this, there are times that the Lord showed me where we read Scripture with a certain inflection of our voice. When was, do you remember when, mom, when your mama would say, young lady, watch your tone with me. <laughs> I have been guilty, I've, and even heard it preached, this part, very condemning in nature, that, okay, for what we're fixing to talk about. So remember, I think Jesus had a very gentle voice in this moment when he was looking at the woman. The woman answered, because he says, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you truly spoke. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now I'm going to stop right here, and I need to talk about that that whole husband thing. There's nothing about a divorce right here. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I can't be sure it did. Because here's why. In that day, it's why you need to know culture. In that day, women couldn't divorce men. So when I walked with the Lord, um, I rem- this passage bothered me. I, and I think I shared it with Karen when it happened. I was walking and I was just... Lord, that passage makes no sense. You have taught me women couldn't have divorces. Only men could get divorces. And here we are running her in the ground, the Samaritan woman, like she's a sinner. What else could have happened? When you, you would have been given as a young girl in marriage, likely to an older man. Not certain, but possible. Okay? She could have been widowed all four times. We don't know. I can't say for sure. Doesn't tell me. When you go translate husband, I'm going to tell you this too. It can also mean man when you look at the Greek. Now, a woman couldn't divorce a man. A man could divorce a woman for anything. It was completely okay. Uh, Whether it was intimacy issues, she didn't cook well. Frankly, he just wanted another woman. But they didn't want to give divorces because they would lose the dowry. Okay? So when a little girl's given in marriage, there's a financial transaction too. There's an, a, a fatherly inheritance that comes into play, okay, that goes with that marriage, with that daughter. So there's a whole lot of things involved here that we don't talk a lot about. But please know, most times I've heard it preached, they say she's going to the well in the heat of the day where no women will go. That's probably true. And they're saying she was probably mocked and scorned before, because of all her divorces. I happen to not believe that. It's possible. But it's also possible that's not true. Yeah. There's possibility. I do believe she was going because she wanted to be alone. But let me tell you why I think she was scorned and mocked. Because in that day, without a husband and children, you were absolutely an outcast. Mm-hmm. Your entire value was hinged on whether you were married and had children. Period. We talk about Hannah and her barrenness. We all of the, it, it was absolute culture. Expected of every young girl, marry and have kids. Yeah. So here's the thing. We have put a label on this woman that may or may not be true. May or may not be true. And because we've done that, I'll show you in a minute, we've missed the most beautiful story. 
And here's the thing. I don't think he was looking at sin. He just knew where her need was. If it had been you in front of him, it had been he probably would have said something different, right? Because he addresses us individually. But he knew everything about this woman, what all she had gone through. It could have been that she was abused and put away. Uh, he, you know, there's just so many possibilities. She could have been widow. We know widows weren't taken well care of because you lost the husband. Without a husband, you were nobody. Let me tell you. It could have been all, all of them. It could have been all of them. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Exactly my point. So then she, 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 she sidetracks here. I don't think she's diverting from the questions. I think she's asking an honest question. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. I think she's like the rest of us going, so which is it? Mm-hmm. So which is it? I mean, have you ever had thoughts of, so what is it? Do I have to go to a church and worship the Lord? Or can I, is it okay that I worship at my house? It, you know, so, have you ever been in a place of religion and you're just going, is it that? Is it that? Is it that? I mean, I think she's frustrated. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just an honest question. A lot of Christians are frustrated because they're so confused. Yes. And Jesus said to her, right, but look, look what he does. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, listen to this, you worship what you do not know. Man, the church today, that's a message for us. You worship what you do not know. We know What we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is, now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. And then the woman said to Him, I know, listen y'all, Jesus is right in front of her right in front of her and she still says i know that messiah is coming who is called christ when he comes he will tell us all things jesus said to her i who speak to you am he and listen at the perfect ordering of steps the minute drops at that point his disciples came back and they marveled that he talked with the woman yet i'll paraphrase didn't say not one word. <laughs> the woman then left her water pot, went to her way into the city, and said to the men, please catch that. Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. All right. This is what I think. He... It was necessary for him to go to Samaria. Why? Two main reasons for me. A woman who was husbandless. And he came because he's the bridegroom who John the Baptist is making the way for. And he said, oh, but I know about those four husbands. I need y'all to hear me on that. He says, I know about those husbands. And the one you're with now, you're not married to, let me tell you about that. 
when uh, there was a widow or they were abandoned or abused, culture was that they went back under the house of their family. So when you look at that word man, it doesn't mean, it may not mean she's living with a man out of wedlock like what mm-hmm. we see it. It could be a brother, could be a father, it could be a relative, okay? When you look that up uh, in the Blue Letter Bible, y'all know I use that all the time, you'll see it, it, very, easy, it very quickly says that. It could be that. That kind of changes things, doesn't it? Absolutely. Kind of changes things. So, number one, the love of Jesus had to go to Samaria. And he cleared the room for a woman that he wanted her to know, all my my eyes are, you've got my undivided attention. I think he then wanted to talk to her pain and say, what you lack, I have. I'll give you living water, but I'm going to be the husband, then. the husband that, that respects you, the husband that loves you fully, who never abuses you, who never abandons you, who never leaves you alone. And then lastly, he knew. See, he formed her in the womb. He knew what was in her. He knew what, because he did it with his hands. And he knew he was going to introduce the world to the first evangelist. Amen. And that was going to be a woman. Call it what you will. Mm. She went and told all the men and they came. And they got saved. They did. We can dance around the word or we can accept the word. And I was just sitting mulling this over today because, you know, I'm, I'm no theologian. I've got no Bible study skill. But I get revelation. And that's what you need. That's what I need. We need a revelation of the heart of the Lord. And this Samaritan is no different than the rest of us. He is willing to go where it is necessary to make sure you understand you have his undivided attention. And that all the facts of your life, all of the four husbands, whatever you want to call them, and I mean literally and not literally, all of those places, he knows everything. He knows where your need is. He knows how to speak into that need, how to redeem all of it. And then he knows what he's put in you. Every, all the stretching, Jamie Lynn. All the stretching, you know. The end, all the road, the, you know, the obstacles you've had to walk through to get the store mm-hmm. up and running. He knew, you know. Nancy and Pam, the adjustments of life. Karen, all the stuff with family. All of these things. He knows all the facts about each one of us. He knows how to get us where we need to be. But let me tell you what, did anything stop that woman from fulfilling destiny? He made sure of it. He made sure of it. And I'm telling you what, he is the absolute master at taking someone who has been scorned and mocked and belittled and thrown out of society and he says, you're the one I'm going to use. Thank you, Jesus. You're the one I'm going to use. So I don't ever want to hear you say in this room again that you don't want to take up time 
or that you don't want the focus to be on you. Because when he says the focus is on you that night, it's going to be on you that night. Okay? Deal? <laughs> so I say to my kids, deal, pickle? Deal. <laughs> Treat y'all like kids. Now, can I just not say, is that story way more beautiful than what you've heard mm-hmm. or I've heard? You know what? I've thought about that a lot too because we see that with other women in the Word. Well, and even when Jesus rose from the dead, women were the first ones to tell. Mm -hmm. But she's the first one in Jesus' sequence of events. Right. Mm -hmm. A woman. A woman. A woman. Praise God. A Samaritan woman. And she may be nameless to us, but she ain't to him. Who supposedly had five husbands. Right. Whatever that means. Whatever that means, exactly. But you know, okay. Yeah. Um, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. He was somebody else's, like her sister's husband. Could have been. Good point. Room. Good point. It was the husband. His. She was living with her brother, who was a husband. See, so and, and they mean, talked different. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, even when you look into the Old Testament, I mean, let's just be honest. There's things that happen there that I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't want my brother or your brother to marry me if you, something happens to you. No, you know, no, all no. of those things that you're like. But if you go look at culture, and I'm not even saying that, because um, there are, and I'm not real schooled on this part, there are some areas um as time progressed, that were better with women, you know, that allowed them to purchase things. We know Moses, you know, agreed because of the Lord to give four daughters their inheritance mm-hmm. when there was no son, okay? We don't talk about that much. But I happen to believe that's a foreshadowing of what Jesus wants. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to talk about it, that's a foreshadowing. Uh, and I believe everything. The women at the, God was trying to redeem woman the whole time. The whole time, from the fall, when you go back, when you go back to Genesis, and you really just start rereading, he wants it to go back to to what he said. It you you guys, Adam and Eve, you rule and reign together. It was not good that man was alone. That wasn't just for husband and wife. That's <laughs> just it's not good for man to be alone. We don't need all women in leadership, and we don't need all men. We need both. Right. The power is in the two. Always has been. He's, he's been, uh, what does he say? There is no Jew or Gentile, right? Slave nor free. No male or female. You are now all one in Jesus. Does that mean you're not female? No. He's talking in spiritual terms. When I see you, you're one. You're the same. I see the blood of Jesus. Your gifting is your gifting. You can't take away... She couldn't change who she was. It was in her DNA. He made sure of it when he formed her. He knew her full ability. She had no clue. No clue. 
So while we go through seasons where we're one thing and then we're stretched into a new season where, oh my gosh, should I be doing that? You know, and I've had to do that. He's, he's stretching you. He wants to do immeasurably more than you can think or imagine. You haven't thought of it yet. You haven't considered it yet. You haven't imagined it yet. But we've got to get to the point where we see the heart of Jesus for us. Or I'll never take the step. I'll always cower. You see what I mean? I'll always think I'm not enough. I'll always, if I let the devil have his way with me, I'll always sit in the back of the room. You understand? But he said, it is necessary for me to go to Samaria. It's necessary for him to come to Thursday night prayer meeting. It's necessary for him to come to Troop, to Chandler, to Arp, to Tyler. Tyler, too. And you're at the lake. Why not? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get it right, Jamie Lynn. I want to get it right. right yes. Do you understand? We're missing it all. This can be a personal word, too. I'm the woman at the well. We hope today's episode has blessed you and encouraged you to pursue Christ passionately. To join us again for more encouragement, equipping, and empowering, subscribe to the 320 Podcast. We would also like to invite you to enjoy our round-the-clock radio station, Royalty for Real Radio for Women, at royaltyforreal.com. That's royalty, the number four, real.com.